Hey everyone, Ali here again. Right before the start of this episode, I wanted to say that this episode is once again sponsored by Amazon.com. You know them, you're already using them. All we ask is that you let them know that we sent you. To do that, you go to wehavethefacts.podbean.com, click on the link or the Amazon banner on the webpage, and that directs you directly to the Amazon homepage, but it just lets them know that we sent you. You can also find the same link on our Instagram or on our Twitter, at thefactspod. It's the same low Amazon prices you're used to, but now we get a little bit of a kickback straight from the company, just taking money straight out of Jeff Bezos' pocket. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I don't edit these things. Anyway, please remember to use our link because it helps us out quite a bit, and it does not change anything for you guys. It just takes five seconds, and it's very helpful to keep this show running. All right, so enjoy this interview episode. We'll be back with the Nationals' self-titled album next week. And enjoy the episode. Welcome to We Have the Facts, two idiots got to all things the national. On a journey to learn more about music and save their dying friendship, I'm your host, Ali Abdul-Latif, and with me, as always, is my co-host and sometimes friend, Justin Tachi. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, everyone. All right, so welcome to episode... Well, this is a bonus episode. This is an interview episode where Justin interviews uh, Joey Cahill of... Uh, 6131 Records. Wow, 6131 Records. Justin and Joey had a great conversation. Uh, Justin, how'd it go? It was well. First of all, I was just happy that he even did did the podcast. I yeah, don't know. No, that, I, he's, I, he's a great guy for showing up and doing this for this dumb little thing we do. Um, he was actually gracious enough to actually come in person. We did it. We sat down um, in my apartment, and uh, Ali was up from Baltimore, so we actually he was there doing the levels while we were there. Um, I thought it was a great conversation. We kind of dove into you know the national death cap for cutie. Um, a lot of these interviews I'm trying to do is that we kind of come from common ground with the the two bands that we've in, done in season one and are doing currently in season two and then kind of diverge onto you know uh, questions that i have for them about either their work or personal life um so we you know uh it was fun to hear joey shit all over ali about his uh not liking we have the facts yeah, and having I think a little bit of that ended up on the episode but most of it was before we were recording <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so, some of it he, as, as joey puts it hot takes <laughs> uh so but i thought it was a great conversation after we kind of went in i kind of went into the history of 6131 asked him some questions what he kind of feels the scenes is about he had some interesting input on that and it was i just thought it was like a fun little conversation i mean what i like to try to do with these interviews is not really just like question and answer type shit because i feel like no one wants to do that it's have a full conversation free form i mean come don't come in with like a full agenda and just let it kind of evolve from what it is yeah and i thought it was like a really good conversation he was like very open very cool you guys talked a lot about like some some uh real hardcore stuff like uh (laughs) Yeah, Ali pretty much just sits there and knows nothing of what we're talking about. Yeah, no, no. If you guys talk about, like, Evanescence, I would have jumped in. <laughs> you know, that, like, early 2000s new metal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's where I would have been, but uh, I'm glad you guys had fun. 
Um, um, do you want to tell people quickly what uh, Joey's uh, record label has put out, just so people know? Yeah, I mean, six one three one. I've said it in the episode. Is that like six one three one? If I were a band that is just starting, I would want to be on six one three one because you either apparently just go to Epitaph or you or you're just signed by Matador because the bands that they've had are they put out um, a lot of the first records for these bands: Touche Amore, um, Strife. Well, not the first album for strife but one of the albums for strife um joyce manor julian baker julian baker's sprained ankle which i would assume is probably the biggest release that he's done um as well as they are um put out uh uh culture abuses peach and uh there's the first two sevens and something that i really want to plug for the label um because joe is kind enough to come on the podcast and talk to to the two dumbasses (laughs) about (laughs) (laughs) about questions that we have and just talking about the band i really hope you enjoyed it but um i want to plug for them 6131 is doing the reissue of the band warriors survival pop um it is coming out on february 8th i actually saw this band open for the gaslight anthem when they did the 59 sound shows and they were fucking awesome they're from brooklyn it's a really cool band um i would say has that like south jersey vibe um with that mixed in brooklyn sound so it's it's a pretty cool like pop i wouldn't say i would say power pop band not pop punk it's more like a power pop rock band so um yeah i i I highly recommend it again the band is the the band is warriors the album's called survival pop and it's coming out february 8th all right so uh uh just before we leave you guys into the episode we just want to say you know subscribe to the show you know, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the facts pod email us. We have the facts pod at gmail.com. We want to hear from you guys and go out to your uh, music stores and buy vinyl, buy CDs, go buy physical music. Yes. Sports six, one, three, one. They are putting out very good stuff. Um, they are always trying to push the boundaries of either putting out hardcore records or putting out straight indie stuff. All the bands are very respectable. They're all great people. They cross over from everything from hardcore to punk to fucking indie music. It is, it is a great label. And it's not just because Joey was on the podcast. I've always liked it. That's why I reached out to him personally and he was just gracious enough to be on the podcast. So I, I also want to thank him, you know, from the bottom of my heart for being on the show and it was awesome. All right, and now to the conversation with Joey Cahill. All right, uh, tonight we have, uh, today on the podcast, we have Joey Cahill. Am I saying that correctly? Close enough, Cahill. Oh, okay, Cahill. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, he is the owner of 6131 Records, and I'm um, glad to have him on the podcast. Glad to be here. Um, so I actually asked Joey to be on the podcast because I listened to the 100 Words uh, 2018 Best of Albums list, and he listed uh, Death Cab as his second record of the year. Oh, Thank yes. you for today. So, and I realized he lives in Boston, so I figured pretty much I go to all the same shows as him. <laughs> so I was like... It just re- makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So I reached out, and he was, like, gracious enough to be on the podcast. So I was like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so I guess just diving in, like, what's your uh, experience with, like, Death Cab? Like, how, like, when did you kind of start listening to them? I don't remember exactly how. Um, we have the facts of the first record I heard, and... Like upon release? Or yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> and um, even tonight, I looked up, I have all my ticket stubs. The first time I saw it was in 2001. It was like a month after the photo album came out. Oh, okay. So pretty early on. Um, 
And I've kind of just been following him pretty heavily ever since. Nice. And uh, you, I, we were just talking about how uh, you saw them in Boston. Um, what are your feelings about like the new record and kind of like kind of the arc of their career, kind of and like how it plays into it? I feel like this record's like rejuvenated them as a band. Yeah, I've made a, this hot take before that I think Chris <laughs> Wall leaving the band is the best thing to happen to him. Hundred percent. Like, I, I think they sound tighter. Like, especially yeah, I mean, they're able to have like the the fifth person like more instrumentation. Like, there's just they're able to do more. And I think Chris Wall is an incredible musician and songwriter and producer. But you know, you read interviews with them, and he, or I think all of them were just kind of like. It's run its course. And it also seemed like, at least from what I read, that like he wasn't happy. No, and it seemed like, miserable. Which like I think was we like and that's like just recently come out. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was like the press stuff for this record. Yeah, right? like yeah, like codes and keys and stuff. Like I don't I didn't hear any of that. Like no. I was just like I mean I was like, I mean this record's not like I mean <laughs> I'm not super about it, but like I mean it's still okay, like it's listenable, but like in my opinion, I don't know, it wasn't about a lot of the tracks. Yeah. So um but yeah, I mean I think I don't know. Have you seen, so clearly you've seen them live before Chris left. I feel like just seeing the two new musicians, Dave Depper and Zach Ray, like they, it's just like a more cohesive piece. And like Ben can kind of rip and like do all the things that he wants to do. I mean, I don't think they're like when they play 60 and punk, like he doesn't play guitar. Yeah. And I don't think he would do that. I've never seen him just Mike ever. And I've seen them about 10 times. So, so, you know, having that extra person, up there to either play piano or play guitar, like gives him the freedom to do yeah, exactly. do more. Yeah. So I felt like that was really cool. I was also super jealous to learn that you got to see title track. I know? did. <laughs> Cause I only went night one in Boston and you went both <laughs> nights. So that's kind of a fucking bummer. <laughs> yeah. It was incredible. It was, yeah. So, um, but, uh, so like what it, now that like you've had some time to say, with well, thank you for today. I'm just curious, like what would be like, if you had to list like rattle off like your, top favorite like top three like ranking those records <sighs> ranking what records like the top like t- like your top my top three death records the thing I always say is we have the facts is my favorite record okay. but transatlanticism is their best record so you can call that 1A 1B or 1 and 2 so you mean kind of like how like for Alpine Trio, Good Morning is their best record. Exactly. I, and, I pull that a lot. And, and God damn it is my favorite. Well, I know you... I yeah. Mean, you, Maybe I'll Catch Fire is my favorite, but Good Morning is their best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, I I mean, I love God damn it. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, I know it's crappily recorded and everything. But oh, it's, it's awesome. It, it's just awesome. And it's like, but like, Good Morning in actuality But it's the same Alpine Trio for me is the same as Death Guy, where We Have the Facts is the record I first heard and got into them. Maybe I'll Catch Fire is the first Alkaline Trio record. So it's just they have like the more sentimental value. Yeah. That's so that's why those two records are my favorite, but maybe not their best. Yeah, I mean. And I mean, number three for Death Cab, I would say, I guess, Plans. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of like Plans got me into them. Like I, I like probably I got into them right before the release of uh, Narrow Stairs. So okay. I heard I'll Obsess Your Heart. I mean, I'd probably listen to tracks like on the radio and heard mm-hmm. like I'll, um, I'll Fall in the Dark and all that kind of stuff. But I never really took the time and listened to them. And I heard I'll Obsess Your Heart. I was like, oh shit, I gotta listen to this band. <laughs> so I went back and listened to Plans and then listened to that on repeat and then realized and then listened back. Went back. Nice. So, um, I mean, yeah, Transatlanticism is <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I, I feel like, like you were saying, like we were saying, is like the the new record. I think, and it's also I think a breath of fresh air. Thank you for today because it's the first like happy record. Yeah, but not 
in a bad way because I feel like Codes and Keys was supposed to be like quote unquote happy, but like they just went. Weird. I couldn't tell you a song off that record. Oh really? When, at the second show, I think it was the second show. One of the encore they played. Is it "You're a Tourist"? You are a tourist. Yeah, you're a tourist. And it, I had I. I was like, I don't know what this song is. See, that song live, I think, does really well. I just... Yeah, I was like, oh, this song's good. And, yeah. But I had to, after... Like, I went and looked up the set list after the show. And I was like, oh, that's that song. Okay. Yeah. Did you listen to the... Um, what was it? They did a live record with um, Magic Magic Orchestra. Uh, I have it, but I haven't listened to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, I, I got it on... Uh, <laughs> or maybe I listened to it once. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's fair. On Record Store Day. And because I listened to that, I really like that song, Underneath the Sycamore. That that song that song sounds familiar. Yeah, no, no, it's fair. <laughs> I mean, that's the record I listen to the least. Yeah, and then I I thought Kintsugi was better. Like like there's the, some bangers on yeah, that record. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, here's the deal. We've talked about this on the podcast. Me and Ali. It's like the first five tracks are great, <laughs> and then it just it like, starts off strong, and then it's just like. And those are the songs they play. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know they play uh, a little wanderer and like stuff like that. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's definitely an interesting. Uh, it, 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 I think I'm excited to see what they come out with next. Yeah, but yeah, this. I mean, this record to me is their best record since Plans. Some people say they're best since Narrow Stairs. But I, I'm I, not as I'm not as high on, on Narrow Stairs <laughs> as as other people. Oh, so <laughs> as as listeners of the podcast know, Ali's favorite is Narrow Stairs. So, and actually, I will say I think Narrow Stairs is very good. Like, I it's I a re- good. I really liked it. So. It was. I was having this conversation with someone about this exact same location, but it's, this is their best since plans. And he was like narrow stairs. And, and I was like, I don't, I don't know that record. And then he was like, he started listing songs and I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, that, re- that record's good. It just, I don't know. The last cohesive record I think they've had is plans. Yeah. Narrow stairs is kind of like, you know, I also don't like, um, uh, God, you already said the name. Uh, I will possess your heart. Oh, okay. Not a fan. Oh, and, see, I love the eight-minute jam. Yeah. <laughs> Hard pass. So, like, I, I kind of lump that song, like, that just makes Narrow Stairs. Yeah. And you take that out, and it's, like, a maybe a totally different record. For to me. be fair, I feel like that song is, like, hey, Ben Gibbard, like, really wanting to be in a crap rock band. <laughs> so, and, and I'm also a huge crap rock fan, so. We're famous now and can do whatever we yeah, want. Yeah, exactly, pretty much. <laughs> um, but uh, I guess we'll uh, dive into our, because... Uh, I don't know if you know this, but actually we're diving into season two of the podcast and we're talking about the national now. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, we just thought it was like a logical progression from like, I mean, Death Cap my favorite band and we're like, all right, well, let's take the listeners on the next, uh, next band. And we thought national is like, has a decent fan base and also just cool. logical progression. I love the national. So, um, uh, how many, like, have you seen, like how many times have you seen the national? Uh, a lot. <laughs> I've, Lucky, lucky enough, because we released that Julian record, she played with them in Aspen. So I got went to that a couple of times, like this 200 cap room. That was like, oh, it was nuts. Jesus. <laughs> um, I, and then, but you know, I've, I've probably seen like, I'd say less than 10, but more than seven. I don't really. Okay. I could probably count it if I wanted to, but. Yeah. Uh, the first time I ever saw them was at the second Boston Con they played. Um, and they they headlined the one night. It was back okay. when it was still at City Plaza. Okay, I was not living here. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um, well, I don't know if you know this. Two of them run. Yeah, Colin, yeah. Like, they curate the thing and like whatever. So, um, which actually Julian and, and the National were on this past year, so that was cool. Um, and I went this year as well, and I I, I hadn't listened to anything other than Trouble uh, Will Find You, and um, 
And I, I mean, it was weird because like Matt came out into the crowd and oh, yeah. like and played very like punk style. I was just they're, like, to me, they're just like, I mean, they're not a punk band, but like, oh, they're like as punk as you yeah, can be. They're like punk adjacent. I mean, to be fair, I think they're like if like Joy Division was an indie band. And like, I don't know. At least that's yeah. kind of the way I describe it to people. I just think they're dudes that came from punk. Yeah. You know. It's all that so, post punk, whatever. Yeah. yeah I, you know, we, we can argue semantics. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, so how did you feel about the newest national record, like Sleep Well Beast? Um, it's my f- not my favorite. Okay. I don't. I like it. I there's. I don't. Like I'm the worst at song names. But there, there are songs on that record that are phenomenal. Corinne at the liquor store. That is yeah. one. That is my favorite song. I think that song's amazing. But I think the track list is weird. I think like the, the they could reorganize yeah. it better. And um, like, oh, there's like the third track on the record. I mean, is that horrible. day I die? Is that no? It was. Oh, I no. might even be wrong. It's but it has like that weird like vo- like it's like a voice and it's talking about like the White House <laughs> and like the turtleneck. No, it's not no, turtleneck. That's, I'll like, pull it up. Sorry. <laughs> this is why we have editing. <laughs> sorry. Let me pull it up. And of course, Spotify. <laughs> Fill the air, Ollie. <laughs> no, I wasn't supposed to be in this. <laughs> they know you're here. Oh, it's uh, Born to Beg. Or no, Walk It Back. I'm sorry. The Walk It Back. Is that track. the one that just starts with like, yeah, the keyboards? Yeah. Yeah. Th- like that song's, I feel like, a little too early in the record. Yeah. I felt like that like brought it down a lot and kind of in like that weird part at the end. Like, I I don't know. But then they cut into like uh, the system and that one's the good track. Um, and I don't know. I, I Especially coming off of Trouble, uh, uh, Trouble and I thought that was a really good record. Probably my, I mean, my favorite is High Violet. I don't know about you. I think Trouble is my... F- Either that or High Violet. I don't... I go back and forth. Um, See, I think the most cohesive record is High Violet because this is like honestly kind of just one song at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then whereas like I think that the bangers are in trouble. Yes. You know what I mean? So like I think like... Because there's definitely like songs on that record where like I don't necessarily want to skip or anything but I definitely could skip whereas like High Violet I can just listen to front to back all the time. Trouble Find Me is, a, is long. Yeah. So like towards the end there's songs I don't know as well. Like Slipped or something like that I'll like skip. Yeah. Go to like but like um, or something like that. What why can't I think of um, I think it's the second song. Not is I Should Live in Salt? No. No. I, I Should Live in Salt is the first record. So the first it's song the, Demons is the second so song. So then it's not either one of those. <laughs> <laughs> then it's Swallow the Cat. Swallow the Cat. Yeah. Like that I mean that song is unbelievable. Yeah, that's it's probably, probably my second. It's probably my second favorite national song. Lemon World's my favorite. Yep. Which they played the first time I saw them play it was when the last time I played Boston at the Wang. Okay. And they fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was at that show too. They yeah they fucked it up <laughs> real bad. I was like I was like I'm finally seeing this song. Like that's the song I've wanted to see for you know ever since that record came out. Yeah. I'm finally seeing it, and, and Matt sings the wrong verse. I was like, damn. It. <laughs> yeah, he even called it out too. Yeah. I was like, all right. I'll take it. I guess that's the charm of of the national. Yeah. Well, and they'll even say like they fucked it up too. And it's just like. I saw them once in LA and I think it was at the Hollywood Bowl and they have like a clock because they have to hard like stop time. Okay. And he took that clock and threw it and then they got banned from the Hollywood Bowl for a while. They went back and played it like a couple years later. But, oh, okay. But it was like just stuff like that. It's like, it's cool. Yeah, that's pretty good. They don't care. Or he doesn't care. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to imagine like Hollywood Bowl, I mean, 
off and I won't change it. I imagine like Morrissey plays there a lot and so I'm a huge Morrissey and okay. fan. So um, like I feel like that guy does not follow any of the rules. <laughs> and like I can only imagine. <laughs> no. Although he's the only not even Paul McCartney could get. I think it was Staples not Staples Center. Maybe Staples Center. No, vegan, right? Yeah. yeah. Not even Paul McCartney could do it, but Morrissey could. Oh, I saw him at a Rye Fest and he played a video for forty five minutes. And it had a guy walking around to each of the, the food vendors to oh. make sure they weren't. So they were, but meat. all well, during his set, right? During his set, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I was just like, oh. <laughs> I mean, like it's fine, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, are Are you vegetarian? Or? I am vegetarian. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, cool. But not a giant Smith and Morrissey fan, so. Yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> I've when I when I. Turned 30, I decided it was time for me to get into Bell and Sebastian. And then oh, my wow. next project was the Smiths. And I think I'm still working on it. That's fair. Uh, I'm a huge Bell and Sebastian. I love Bell and so, Sebastian. Um, we actually saw them at, uh, where was it? At the, uh, right on the pier the in Boston. Oh, the, that blue, yeah. I'm not a fan of that venue. <laughs> I, I saw Arcade Fire there. And I got him free, so it was fine. Yeah. But well, it, when it's windy, though, because oh, of all the water, because it's right on the water there, it's like... But it's, it's weird, because it's like, that, there's there's no venue, like, after the wing, like, size-wise, besides, like... Tea Garden. And, I mean, I guess maybe, like, they, it's like, uh, Songus and Lowell or... Yeah, but... That are... Aganis. Yeah, Aganis is right. That's a B. But it's still like, that's like seven. I don't know. There's like. I think Aganis is only 55. Really? Yeah, it's not so that big. Th- there's just shows like um, Casey Musgraves is playing The Wang and it's like sold out like immediately. And it's, but it's like, I was like, why don't they do the Blue Hills? And like, oh, it's because it's in January. And <laughs> that would be a terrible idea. Which, by the way, I like. I don't know. This is weird, but I listened to all the the hundred words like t- top like you know albums Going of back. the year, and like well, I've always listened to them no. like since since they've been released and stuff. And I'm like, I know I know from that that you're a huge fan of like women vocalists and all that kind yeah, of stuff. That's... So I was like shocked to see Casey Musgraves was not on your list. It was one of those. <laughs> it just didn't stick with me. Okay, like, there's, it's my least favorite of her three of the three records. Okay, gotcha. Not counting the Christmas record, okay. which I also have and enjoy. Well, it's funny because I feel like you and Ali have similar tastes because I literally will throw any like like I throw middle kids and the best and like all that. Nice. Stuff. Like, it's anything female vocalist just like throws away. So what about we have the facts? I have no comment on this. <laughs> <laughs> Joey does not agree with Ali's uh... hot take. <laughs> yeah, I respect hot takes. So. <laughs> I don't apologize. <laughs> and nor should you. Um, I, I, actually, for those who listen to the podcast, I think this is the first podcast that we don't have uh, Homer like sitting right next oh, to you. Yeah. <laughs> my, my dog usually sits in on every episode. <laughs> we call him like the third host. Nice. <laughs> um, but I guess uh, diving back to uh, the national. Uh, I'm really good at tangents. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 this is. I mean, this is what I like to do. I mean, I don't like it being like question and answer. Yeah, that's kind of bullshit. Um, but uh, so anyway, I guess getting back to the national, it's just like, where do you think they're going to go from here? Because like, I don't, I, I, I don't see a clear path at all. I have a feel. I, I this is based on literally nothing, but I feel like it's going to be more like stripped down. I feel like the last record. Um, which I forgot what it was called because I'm awful. Sweet Little Beast. That's the one. Uh, <laughs> was like it was weirder, and I don't know. I feel like it wasn't at, received as well. I mean, they sure they won a Grammy. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, whatever that means. Um, I don't know. I just I could see it becoming like not simpler sounds like a negative 
Where, but like, I think that they, in their opinion, at least in from what it seems like, they really like what they did with Boxer. And, and they're I, keep I, and talking I, about Boxer. Yeah, and I think that they're gonna kind of like be like Boxer ten years later, kind of like that kind of thing. I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, like in my opinion, it's kind of like some like I don't know if you're a Radiohead fan, but it's kind of like how um, uh, OK Computer and like uh, In Rainbows are kind of in playing interplaying with themselves. Uh. Um, well, actually, I'm not. I'm not a giant. Radio, I don't oh, know. Yeah. What t- I mean, they're. I don't not like Radiohead, yeah, yeah. but I'm. Well, something that it's, it's pretty funny. We'll talk about tangents. Uh, <laughs> something that's really funny about Radiohead is uh, if you put the songs on delay and you combine the first half of OK Computer and the second half of In Rainbows, they fit perfectly. Really? And literally, it took someone three years to find that out. And Tom York was like, "Really? It took you that fucking long?" <laughs> it's like, all right, dude, chill out. <laughs> so like, I just, I could just see like the national doing something like Aaron Bryce or Aaron and Bryce doing something weird yeah. like that. I hundred percent. They're in, the Boxer, they're in, in their cabin just yeah. yeah, figuring it out. Yeah, so well, well, I guess we didn't talk about Boxer. It's like I, I feel like that record doesn't get its due and I feel like they tried to promote it because like they didn't really get their due until High Violet, really, right? Yeah, because I mean I I was I didn't start listening to Trouble, so I didn't really I was they were a band I just kept seeing the name and I was in a record store in Chicago and I bought Boxer and Alligator um, oh. the same time, mm-hmm. like without ever hearing them. Yeah. And, and it was kind of like, oh, these are good. Like, and I still like, I still feel like I'm not giving Boxer like the credit it's owed. Yeah. Because then like High Violet came out and I was like, oh, this band's phenomenal. Like, yeah. And it kind of just like changed everything. Like for my opinion of them, I think it changed everything for them. And yeah. Well, I think Boxer is a really good record. I just think that it falls off towards the end. Like mm-hmm. For me, at least, like the last two tracks, but like Slow Show, Green Gloves, um, I mean, Mistaken for Strangers. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, th- I think that those were really cool. Did you watch the documentary? They did a premiere of it at uh, a venue in LA okay. and then they played afterwards. Oh, and it was incredible. Oh, that's yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, so, what that was, I think that was during the touring. They, they filmed that during the touring cycle for High Violet, right? So at that time, yeah. it really wasn't just like boxing. Yeah, because yeah. they were doing like much bigger rooms and stuff. Yeah, exactly. We were at, this is like the most LA thing. I was at a restaurant with some friends and like people in the booth next to us was Matt, his brother, and like Matt's wife. And they were like talking about the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, very LA. <laughs> Yeah, we don't get like cool things in Boston <laughs> <laughs> or Jersey for that matter, where I'm originally from. So, um, yeah, I, I, I guess like switching gears a little bit, um, talking about uh, obviously six one three one. You you started it, you ran it, um, you still run it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, I just like I I did a little bit of background and I saw that Sinking Ships was your first release. Yes. Right? And kind of the label kind of about came about just because you guys you just had bands that would stay with you guys and you were like, all right, I'll yeah, we <laughs> we we are like a group of friends lived at a house in Huntington Beach, California, and Sinking Ships was kind of like the band that would, I mean, they would come stay at our house, they would play two hours away, drive back to our house, the mm-hmm. next day play two hours away, drive back, like they would stay at our house for like five days, oh, okay, like they would play California but always come back to our house, and then their CD was out of print, and they're like, oh, you guys should just start a label and. Put it out. Sure. <laughs> Thirteen years later, that's, it's um, all because of him. No, that's pretty cool. Well, I know the label kind of started off as like a hardcore kind of label, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, like, you put out like Strife, yes. um, Cruel Hand Records. Um, 
I mean, you even put out a Bane seven inch, right? We did. That's that was that was like a dream come true. I was like, I don't think it could ever get better than this. And I mean, and I mean, you did. So. I think, yeah, I think, but that was. I mean, Bane was like the one of the first hardcore bands that like well, I was yeah. like all about. Like they were everything. So like being able to do a Bane seven inch was yeah. pretty incredible. And that was what was it? it was that time? Thing, yeah, it was right? Los Angeles. God, I have to remember the time now. I think it was three something i don't remember we had the los angeles <laughs> one whatever <laughs> um but actually speaking of Bane, did you go to the, i don't know if you lived in boston yet but did you go to the baines last show we moved like a month later and it was uh, like i can't justify flying to boston yeah and because mainly because i drove out here from california and which took about a week with me and my friend traveling the country we stopped in milwaukee to see death cabin julian oh, okay. and <laughs> Hung out with our friends in Chicago while my wife was home for a week with our that at that point two year old with no car. No, we did have a still have a car because we yeah. So and then she had to fly on a plane with him for the first time. Oof. So I was like, I don't know if I can get away with <laughs> taking another trip. But, so unfortunately, but no. I mean, I'm gonna be real. I mean, I'm a New Jersey uh, scene guy. Like like that's where I grew up. Like saves the day. Played this set. And oh, they yeah. played like a through being cool. Can't slow down yeah. set. And I was I mean didn't play the whole album. Yeah. Time, but they played only that. And like he was only on the mic. And I was like, holy shit, <laughs> it was crazy. That's awesome. I and it was I I really wanted to go. I mean, I've seen Bane. 40 times, I would guess. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I didn't... I guess you follow that Baniac. Uh, yeah, like as much as I like, wanted, like, <laughs> it wasn't like I didn't see him enough. Oh, yeah. I saw the last California show. Um, and this is where I can sound like a cool old guy. I saw Saves the Day um, touring off Cancel Down, so... Oh, yeah. <laughs> just a little No, more. it just means I'm old. It's not I, the- I mean, the hardcore cred's there, so that's cool. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, and then like... Oh, I mean, you obviously put out Touche's, um, the first record yes. to, um, to the beat of a dead horse. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how did that come about? Uh, Jeremy's my one of my oldest friends, mm-hmm. and there were someone's going to put it out. There was some weirdness happening, and just like I'll put it out. And he was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah." So yeah. put it out now. It's August will be 10, 10 year anniversary of that record. Yeah, I mean that's so. It's, I mean, like. Yeah. When I look back at the discography, and I, I don't mean to blow smoke up your ass or anything, but I just like, I look at like you have the Joyce Manor self titled, you have a Touche's record. We've been very lucky yeah, with like, I mean, band's first record. Yeah, so. I mean, like, if I were to do a band tomorrow, I, I mean, I gotta be on your right label because, like, <laughs> it seems like I get signed by Matador, I get signed by Epitaph, like, it doesn't suck. Know, it's, we've, been, we've been very lucky. And I mean, it was like that Touche record was just kind of like, I mean, so the, it came out in August. They played Sound and Fury the week before. And I was hanging out with Jeremy. And it was like, the record wasn't going to be out. And I was like, what do we do? And we were just like, let's leak it. So him and I leaked the record. And it kind of, but like their set was nuts. And people started talking about it. And it was like, you know, it's just every, from that point. Like, I mean, dude, seeing them play on sleep is just like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> that whole crowd, like he doesn't even need to be on stage. No, the no. band needs to be on stage. Like, honestly, it's no. crazy. <laughs> I, I was lucky to fly back for the the ten year anniversary show. Um, oh, I had the I had the record. I, yeah. I bought the vinyl. Um, um, yeah, no, that and it was awesome just to see it and relive all that stuff. And yeah, and yeah, I mean that show is just uh, I mean 
hard, hardcore star glitter because it was like uh, it was, I think uh, what the guy from Lot of Speed was on it. I think Lot of Speed played the show. Lot of Speed played, and then, and they then the guy from Self yeah. Defense Family, I think, his name Patrick. Patrick and Liam. Yeah, so well, I guess you're probably friends with all these guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, which by the way, very excited for the new Lot of Speed record. Me too. Pre ordered. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess uh, just going on. Uh, I mean, you did. I mean, I'm from New Jersey, so I know the band Dads. Yeah, that's, that's pretty like. That, and Dads was kind of like we yeah. always kind of dipped our toe like outside of hardcore, and then it was like Dads was kind of like the the first. I felt like you kind of bridged the gap, like between like yeah, you know, where they were like. Well, at the time it wasn't like it was just probably the you know quote unquote softest band you had on the label or mm-hmm. not hardcore. And it, but it was like that point the label kind of took a turn, like with publicists and you know marketing plans and taking things a little more seriously, like the. The label manager came on board, uh, I think, roughly around that time because dad's stuff was in the works. And then I think he came on around then. And- uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the, didn't they like didn't all the labels like when they were looking for a label, they wanted them to change their name or something like that? I wouldn't be surprised that dad, it's a terrible name. Um, <laughs> Just but we, like searching, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we, we never did any of, any of that, but I think they were. No, not that you did. No. I remember. I wouldn't be surprised. But I, I remember talking to, to Sean, who's the label manager, and being like, I want to sign this band Dads. And he was like, they're called Dads. And now he'll be like, you were wrong. But, or no, I was wrong. <laughs> like, and it's, you know, but. So, well, there's always those moments. <laughs> Take solace in that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then, and then, uh, going into, uh, then, then I guess, uh, you did culture abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I believe David is the lead singer, right? Yes. And he, wasn't he in like some hardcore bands in LA and then, uh, he was in a band called All Teeth from like Northern California. Oh, okay. And, and that's kind of when him and I met and became friends then. Um, and just kind of always stayed in touch. Okay. And then, uh, Sean, the label manager, who I'm just going to refer to as Sean now. He also knows, I think he he might have done publicity or something for an all-teeth record that was on Panic. And okay. just stayed in touch and just, when Culture Beast came out, like we loved the demo. Yeah. And hit him up. and Yeah, I mean, Peach is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and also the seven inches that they did before that, but like Peach. Peach is like, phenomenal. Yeah, that's that. I mean, and then even Daydream, I mean, that was like my summer record this past yeah. year. So, um, but, uh, and then I guess shifting gears, then you put out a record that no one knows, uh, Julian Baker's uh, self-titled. <laughs> Sprained <laughs> ankle. Uh, yeah, spray, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sprained ankle. I'm, yeah, sorry about that. Um, uh, I guess just like, how did that come about? Like, um, Someone from one of our bands was like, oh, you should check out my my friend. She wrote this record. Because um, at that point, it was on Bandcamp, right? Like it was, yes. Yeah, it was we listened to it and kind of like, you know, eventually we're like, yeah, we should do this. <laughs> and um, the record, because the record was done, she recorded a few extra songs, which um, ended up on the record. And yeah. Yeah. I mean... The first I heard of her was when she did that accident prone cover. Um, for, uh, the jawbreaker yeah, cover. Yeah, the jawbreaker cover. Yeah, I mean, like. Nice. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, I like, I, I have to say I wept because I was just like, whoa, <laughs> where is this girl coming from? And then like, I listened to the rest of the record and I was just like, I was blown away. And then did you guys do the seven inch for her? It was the, it was like the two. The, the funeral pyre? Yeah. That was Matador. Uh, so that, at that point she went to Matador? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, no, it's been, yeah, it was awesome to see because the first time she came to LA to film the Sprain Ankle music video. Okay. And 
set up a show for her with a friend at a bowling alley in Eagle Rock. And there was 10 people there. And it was, you know, three years later, she's selling out the will turn, which is, you know, 2,500. It's just nuts. It's been so cool to see. And I mean, like seeing her, like, I mean, she fits in every capacity. I feel like she like goes, she'll play with uh, Ben Gibbard on a solo tour. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she played, with Touche yeah. in California. Like, she, yeah. you know, she... I mean, she's on the record. She's on yeah. stage four, so... <laughs> she... She can... She's one of those people where, like, she's hardcore approved and can kind of... Yeah, I mean, few bands and, and or artists get that, I feel like. Yes. Because, um, like, I, I remember you guys... Um, I think, actually, on the, the, the 2018 album uh, thing, you guys were talking about pianos and, like, kind of, like, how... Like, you kind of get stuck. Some bands get stuck in this, like, well, I can only tour with these bands yeah. and, like, all that kind of thing. And it's it's nice to see being able to, like, kind of go out outside the box. And Absolutely. Um, because I think, at least in my opinion, I mean, I'm not that old, so I don't know. But at least seeing some of these flyers from the 90s, like, bands played, like, crazy shit. Like, I mean, the, like the first band. Saves the Day tour was with Bane. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like, the records came out at the same time. Yeah. It was like, it's like, yeah. who, who would think these bands would play together? But it was like, you yeah. know, like, in today's world, that would never happen, <laughs> like, I feel like. Or, no. Or at least, you know. It's few, few and far between. Yeah, so. Um, uh, so, actually, I guess I want to, uh, well, actually, uh, one one more thing. So, I saw Warriors open. Did you go to the uh, Gaslight Anthem? Uh, yes. Yes. So I, that was the first time I've ever seen Warriors. Oh, awesome. I've heard some tracks before, but I, I never really like put two and two together. And they were awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, they're, they're great. I'm biased, but they're great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Uh, you put out their newest record. Didn't Laura Jane Grace uh, produce that record? I don't think so. Oh, I because she because the, the record, record before it or something. I think she had some hand in something. I genuinely don't know because there was a record. I think it was on Don Giovanni because this record was initially released on Side One Dummy. Okay. And then um, we reissued it late last year. Okay. Um, so like the the whole process of it, we were kind of yeah. absent from because it was. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, but uh, yeah, it was awesome seeing her and everything. So um, also, you know, um, Jersey bias. So <laughs> Gaslight was awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because like they played three shows at uh, the Stone Pony in like the summer or something like that. And I was bummed I couldn't go, oh. so I had to watch it here. But. Uh, I mean, I feel like the argument argument for their kind of shows is like it's it's basically a tattoo convention, <laughs> like at least in Jersey. So, um, but I guess going off of, I'm curious. It's like I mean, I know this might make you cringe a little bit, but I listened to the uh, hundred words, uh, uh, hundred words episode twenty six, and at that time it was like it was number twenty six. Yeah, wow. yeah, and it was 2012, and you're like. So, um, we're essentially a hardcore label or whatever. What, like, taking that, like, frame of mind and, like, thinking about what's happened over the past, like, you know, six, six, seven years, like, would you have foreseen the label going where it has gone? No. I don't think, at that point, I mean, it was still, I mean, it was, I guess, more than a hobby, but still kind of a hobby. And it, you know, I don't know. I did not expect. You know, I don't think at six years ago, I mean, I might, who knows? I don't, I don't know. But like, That's fair. you know, I don't like not to sound like old guy, but like getting older, like music styles change or taste change. Like, I mean, I still love hardcore, but I don't listen to as many hardcore records as I used to. Like, yeah. I'd rather listen to just quiet indie rock. And yeah. I just want every band to sound like Riley Kiley. <laughs> oh, which by the way, uh, how excited are you for the Jenny Lewis record? <laughs> 
I'm as excited as I can be for it not being a Rilo Kylie record. That's fair. <laughs> there are a band where if, if they announced that they were playing in LA tomorrow, I would oh. say sorry to my wife, make my kids lunch, and I would go to LA. And yeah, I would pay whatever I, I Yeah. Uh, that was that was like uh, Radiohead for me, and I was uh, fun, fortunate enough to see them because uh, they finally because they were talking about not touring anymore. And that was like the Garden, right? Did yeah, you that? I saw them at TD Garden, yeah, yeah. second night. So, um, but yeah, I yeah, Riley Kylie is awesome. So, um, but uh, yeah, so would you say like were you always into indie music as, along yes. with the hardcore, or was it like you were like a hardcore kid and then like you kind of softened up? No, I I mean I. The first band that I ever I credit to like getting me into punk was No Doubt. Okay. And No Doubt self titled record. I heard it when I was twelve years old, and it just like all I listened to at that point was like Metallica and Sepultura. Yeah. And this record just blew my mind and just totally changed my life. Yeah. So there's always been like, and you know, and from that it led to like Epitaph and Fat stuff, and yeah. and from that was hardcore. So there was you know I've, I'm a hardcore kid, but I've always listened to other stuff. Okay. And, um, which is, I feel like, rare to see. I mean, I feel like it's becoming more and more, like, people kind of take both sides. But, mm-hmm. like, at least when I started listening to, like, punk and hardcore, like, I mean, I was super into, like, Bad Religions, what got me into everything. And actually gave me the career I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, like, that kind of stuff, I credit it to that. And it's, like, I feel like it was weird to like a band like Death Cab, but go see Bane. Like, like, you know what I mean? At least it wasn't, like, there was these lines that were kind of there. Yeah, I remember, like, it was... There was a lot, like, I would, wouldn't see a lot of crossover, like, to go see Bright Eyes. Yeah. And then go to Hardcore Show. There wouldn't be a lot of the same people. And Which, by the way, when are you going to put out the Connor Oberst record? Like, <laughs> like, 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 why aren't you doing this? I wish. <laughs> I wish. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I saw him on the last tour. Um, that was, that was pretty good. Uh, when they did the, the, was it the solo tour? Yeah, the solo tour. I had a ticket and then something, I think kids got in the way and I couldn't yeah. go. Stupid kids. <laughs> so take it, don't have kids. <laughs> no, it's really rewarding and sad. Right? <laughs> yeah, like whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess I'm going to end on, on just like question that I kind of want to end on like all the interviews that I kind of do is, um, so what was like the last thing you've listened to, whether it be an album or a song that kind of made you either cry or like have goosebumps? And just the moat in the way that just like think I know <laughs> we're a dumb podcast, but sometimes no, we I'm gonna I'm gonna sorry I have to put my phone in. Yeah, no, that's not good. Um, uh, I mean, I might be ripping this from uh, antimatter, you know, like whatever, because <laughs> uh, Norm always ended with uh, like what's what was the last time you cried or whatever. Justin, when's the last time you cried? No, I mean that's fair, yeah. but um, what was it? I mean that's it's hard for me too. <laughs> I, I guess I should be able to, you know, I can deal it, but I should take it too. That is, this is really hard. I mean, keeping keeping it on a, uh, keeping it focused and bringing it, bringing it back. Yeah. Um, this probably wasn't the last time, but it's the last time I genuinely remember was when Death Cab played title track. And it was this song, you know, like, it's my favorite Death Cab song. I haven't seen him play it in years. Mm-hmm. And when they, like, the second, like, they started playing it, it was just like, I immediately choked up. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, yeah. Well, I, I guess to be fair, I, I just thought of mine. So it was a little, it was 2017. I saw Jawbreaker play the, the Riot Fest. 
And that's just something I never, th- never thought I would be able to see in my life. Yeah. And I literally just like, I was just crying from euphoria, not like, like a song, like here or whatever, just, just like, holy shit. <laughs> like I was like third row and I was just like Blake standing in front of me singing like West Bay Invitational and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, the, the, when, when Julian did accident prone, um, Adam reached out to us. Yeah. And then sent us a care package and it was just like, like thanks <laughs> like I don't know why like you're sending us Jawbreaker shirts but I'm not going to say no to it like I mean there might have been a build up for them what they were planning to do <laughs> yeah. Um, so. yeah but no it's usually like I was I initially thought I was like it's usually like a recorded song but it's not like it's always like when Jenny Lewis plays uh, with arms outstretched like that's yeah. my favorite Riley Kylie song and I think she played it at the, the last time she was in Boston. She played with... Uh, why I saw her open for Ryan Adams. Um, this was... She but played the she played again. with... It was the 10-year anniversary of the Watson Twins record, yeah, which okay. I forgot what it was called. It's um, like Fur or something. Or, uh, Rabbit Fur Coat. Yeah, there you go. Um, but like just hearing specific songs. Like, yeah. Falkland Trio plays 97. Like, I'll be yeah, a blubbering yeah. ass. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so... But, uh... Feel good? Yeah! All right. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course, this. thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to that episode. Go pick up Warrior's album, February 8th, Survival Pop, re-released by 613 Records. Subscribe and join us next week. And now, Warrior's Survival Pop, Future Moves.